0: known for delivering information about sexuality and relationships sans the sleaze factor while retaining all the accuracy, fun and the you're kidding factor. Let's get to it. Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet. And now here's your host, Lou Paget.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to today's show. As always, if you have any questions, yourself that you would like to send my way just send it to office at Paget. that's l o u p a g e t com and as i have said before i answer all my own questions i do not have someone send out a you know a package to answer you will get an answer for you so given that we're coming up to halloween i figured that i would look into just do a quick little review of what are some of the most popular Halloween costumes and why? Now, the reason I talk about you know, Halloween costumes relative to sexuality is because for many people, their Halloween costume is the thing that says in a fantasy world who they would want to be. And I'll tell you how this got started. I'm sitting at a sushi restaurant in one in the area where they have a number of the uh, some some really great nightclubs and some clubs in Hollywood, and it's on the fifth floor. It's where they hold a lot of the award events as well. And I'm looking at the people lining up to go in because it was October thirty first, and I'm looking at all of the women. They were you know so they're club age, so you know skewing to a younger audience, but they're all. In like angel outfits with wings, with the less attire on, the better. And the guys were all dressed as thugs, like they'd just gotten out of prison. Like the pants were, you know, halfway off their hips. They had the caps on. They just looked like absolute thugs. And I looked at this, and then the thing that happened, sadly for them, it, the, it's like the heavens opened up, and it horde, and these poor girls and women who were standing there were getting absolutely soaked in, you know, these little feathers all look like, you know, little dead creatures at this point, but it had me look at what and why why are people choosing to dress the way they do at Halloween, and I have found that there very there is a strong correlation between how they dress at Halloween and what their sexual fantasies often will be. So, and here's another thing you need to know about fantasies, is that a fantasy is your idea of who you want. I mean, all you have to do is look at the uh, website Second Life to see how people want to have themselves be perceived and looked at. So they may have the same hair color, they may have the same skin color, but they've really ramped up what their body looks like. So they are buff and, you know, taller, younger if they're a guy. They're same thing for women. They make themselves into, you know, sort of a la Wonder Woman. But what I looked at is I wanted to see what are the most popular Halloween costumes right now. So I just entered that. And what it turns out is that apparently politicians aren't all that popular. And by the way, I'm glad to see that they threw out that so-called costume uh, for, you know, Kim Kardashian being bound up and, you know, with, with duct tape. I mean, talk about bad taste. I mean, really, people. Anyway, I'm glad they threw that out. But the, what they have is for kids, um, superheroes. They want to be superheroes or they, you know, might, might want to be an animal. Millennials, their number one um, costume is Batman. Now, I know for some people, Batman and Robin have you know homoerotic uh, messages delivered to them. But you know, be that as it may, it's also you get to wear you know a cape, superhero. You get to wear black that has like all of the you know all the chocolate chest sort of develop. Interesting. And for the women, it's going as a witch. Now. I'm kind of wondering whether or not the reason it goes as a witch is that you can do it as an easy costume, you know? doesn't take a lot of, you know, thought into it. You kind of know, I mean, you may have to get a hat, but you can always, like, shape that yourself, make it a little funnel. But what is a witch as well? Something that has powers that you don't normally have. Now, then I looked at the going for out of the millennial group. For older adults, it is witch pirate. Politician hmm, and vampire. So I thought that was, you know, again, these are people who you're not going to be in your real life. But how does that translate into what people might like to do sexually or how it might translate in the bedroom or with intimacy? Well, the thing you must look at is what is the attitude the person wants to create? So let's say you have a really you know, a guy whose job is to always be in control and power, let's say he's a uh, a beat cop or something, and he always has to be the one who's in control. Well, he might then, because I've seen this, have his wife be a dominatrix, and she would have, be leading him around by a collar. Now, people might think that's kind of cute, but in all actuality, they're acting out what they'd like to do. And I will tell you that a friend of mine had a... Uh, a boxing gym, and what, uh, pardon me, a martial arts gym, but they also, people did boxing there, but it was martial arts, and what would happen on a regular basis, women who were professional doms, professional dominatrix, would lease out his um, his entire workout area for clients who wanted to be physically dominated by a woman. And invariably, these were men who had very, very high-powered jobs where they were in control of a lot of stuff. And their fantasy was to be controlled by a woman. And I had another instance where a woman wanted to share, her lover was coming into town, and she wanted me to teach her how to be a professional dom, a pro-dom. Now, that's not my scene. That's not what I do, but I do know who to go and ask. So, And they were both uh, very, very uh, high profile, both of them both within their social world and within their business areas. So they didn't want to go to a standard club where someone might recognize them. They wanted to have this play in the privacy of you know, her own home. And it really introduced me to a lot of the nuances of what is done with costuming and with, you know, anything to do with uh, the Dom-Sub relationship. And again, the reason that that she asked me to do it or to help her with it is because he wanted to do it with her. That was his big fantasy. So we set it up so from the moment that he, you know, arrived, got out of the car, he was to be in role. And the moment he crossed the threshold of her home, he was to be in role. And all of the you know, sitting with his hands on his knees, um, completely disrobing, so that they could go right into it. And again, for her this is what he really wanted. So she wanted to, you know, do things that he would like to try. But this wasn't her number one thing; it was his. Now, here's another thing: that when I see the sexy maid or the sexy schoolgirl or you know anything that has the sexy thing going on, the you know the, the barmaid, whatever it may be. There is invariably an element of, I'm, the fantasy is, I'm so desirable you cannot resist me. And that often factors into many women's fantasies, is that they want to be known as, they want to be irresistible. And the thing for men in their fantasies is that they want to know that they have the capacity and capability to absolutely drive their partners crazy either with you know a forced orgasm or with a withheld orgasm or with the play or something that they are the person who who can create this so for them it's that they have the power to deliver this amount of sensation so you know the you know, the the zorros and the the masked man and the you know, the the guy with the mask on so you can't identify him but what his body can do to you, you know, drives you out of your mind. Those are some of the things that when I look at the outfit, hey, the outfit can change. You can be the schoolgirl, you can be the sexy nun, you could be what you know, whatever it is that has like the sexy label attached to it. But it is still that you want to be desired. Now, then, there's the I have to be controlled because you know I'm you know so uh, highly sexual. I need to be controlled in my fantasy, and that can be the school. The a lot of this is in Japanese. The schoolgirl who gets tied up, the you know the the young woman who is held back after class, the you know the the, the power play that comes in when. Someone needs to be educated or controlled. And again, so you can be a sexy schoolgirl, but then that sexy schoolgirl, it may be a slightly different fantasy than just being so desirable. And yet the real thing that we have to give ourselves points for, we have imaginations. We're going to use them. We use them when we walk down the street. Why wouldn't we use them, you know, in the bedroom and, you know, when you're with your partner? Now, I'm coming up to the first break. And when we come back, I will continue with more things on fantasies and what your chosen outfit may say about you. And then after that, I'm going to talk about some of the best things that I did for a new article, four things from the top 50. Be right back.
2: Forgotten English by author Jeffrey Kaser, who looks at the origins and histories of the language. For example, take the term Fritterborn. That's an old English expression, probably borrowed from German, that means fleeting weeks and refers to what we call a honeymoon. A fribbler is a guy who doesn't ever make it to the honeymoon. The word fribbler comes from the 18th century and refers to a man who is in love with a woman but just won't commit to marriage. Chaucer coined the term pigasnia, which comes from the phrase pig's eye to mean sweetheart. Hey guys, why don't you try that one in your girlfriend and see how it goes. It's carolyn davidson and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app too funny for Words. it's the
3: fitness minute with fitness expert annette hammond
4: not eating before you work out is not the best approach low blood sugar can make you feel weak faint or tired and react slower because your mental abilities are affected you may feel lightheaded or dizzy but eating too much before your workout is not a good idea either It can cause you to feel sluggish and have cramping and give you an upset stomach. It can cause your muscles and your digestive system to compete with each other for energy resources. It is best to eat large meals at least three to four hours before working out and small meals two to three hours before exercising. Go by how you feel. Eating a piece of fruit or drinking a sports drink right before you work out works well for many exercisers. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. To hear other fitness and weight loss tips, visit our website at
0: annettehammond.com. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Now, I'm continuing with uh, Halloween costumes and their connection to someone's sexual fantasies or you know, the sexual persona who they really want to be. And When I, and what happened is that I was asking people, when I asked them, what is the feeling that you want to create when you're wearing this outfit? And invariably, it was that they wanted to attract the attention, they wanted to feel hot and interesting, they wanted to be threatening, they wanted to create a form of power. Now, here's what I also say to people, look, the important thing to remember about what someone is wearing at Halloween is that it's a costume, right? It's not what they wear in the real world, but it may be something that is an opening for you and a partner to have a discussion about some things that you might like to try. I mean, you may want to be, do that, you know, classic fantasy of pretend you don't know one another and pick one another up in a bar. That's something that many couples will do and enjoy doing it, you know, just for create that, that sort of like the tension and, and the, oh, my God, we don't really know how this is going to work out. Yet, what, if we're going to go with Esther Perel's her work, and then the work also of some great therapists in San Francisco, that, <clears throat> excuse me, the thing that makes the, the desire and the heat of romance go out of relationships is because the brain chemistry flips to the more connected, bonded oxytocin level of relationship. And it doesn't have that sort of that risk factor of things that are unknown. And that's the thing that puts, you know, that that would put that fantasy play back into place. For many people you know, their fantasy, maybe that they would like to, you know, pretend that they're in a porn film. Well, I would suggest pretend you're shooting the porn film because one of the things that happens, I mean, I know people think, no problem, it won't be an issue. Listen, if it's been captured digitally and it's been downloaded somewhere, it's there. And when all of these celebrities were having their phones hacked and things, Take a look at what the agreements are on any of the apps, free apps particularly, that you sign up for. One of the things that's likely to have on it is that they have, they, get, they have your permission to have complete access to all of your contacts and your photos. Now, do you really want them to have that? I sure as heck don't. Even if it's just, you know, my family photos. I am not. I will not post. And I tell people, don't post those things unless you want to have, you know, there's a risk that someone will see it. Up to you. People are, you know, old enough and big enough. But again, when someone wants to try a different outfit, but you'll see that same thing, the fantasy and the, the same sort of desirability when you see people going out and dressing for an evening, the dressing to get attention. Now, whether that attention is... I want to be very fashion forward. I want to be considered hip, cool, or whatever. But it is still that they want attention. Halloween is no different. So the guys who want to be the superheroes and the studs, and, you know, they're going to do that. I always love the people who come up with the really wacky, crazy things. I remember when I first moved to Los Angeles, West Hollywood is known for its outrageous uh, Halloween parade. And I mean, I'll tell you, these gay guys, they do it up Brown. It is fabulous. And the one that I remember hearing about was a, uh, a flatbed truck, like a big flatbed that you'd move, let's say a, a big, um, caterpillar on a big earth mover, this <laughs> huge thing. And on it was this tank, like a fishbowl and in the fishbowl were all of these mermaids. So the you were all of these guys dressed up as mermaids. I can only imagine how hilarious that must have been. But, you know, the gay market, in looking at costumes, by the time most people who've come out and said that they are gay, they are, they're like, look, this is who I am, period. So their play in the area of whether it is cross-dressing or trans, whatever it is they are doing, They really have looked into how they want to feel. So they may be wearing all of those, you know, the the boots. They may be wearing all of these things. And again, you know, the the diva, the more diva-ish it is, the more outrageous and fun they can play with that persona. And so when people do this, what I ask them is I look, just be gentle with yourself. If this is how you want to dress and feel, do it. Don't have someone tell you you can't have a feeling and to create a feeling the way that you want it. Just tell them, sorry, not going to do it. Now, someone who wants to dress up as a zombie, Mm. maybe that's the quiet, maybe that's, I'd like to scare you half to death thing. And maybe that's, you know, some people, they think scaring people half to death when they're, you know, teenagers is highly sexy. Mm. Maybe yes. So I'm going to go on now to an article some article ideas that I just put together. And one of them, someone said, can you write some outlines? And I thought, this might be a fun thing to go over. Because many times what people will ask for is they want to know the things that other people have asked me, talked to me about. And I'm going to start with this one. The title of it is "Here We Go: Dating Reentry," and in this one, I was particularly addressing uh, a you know an audience who is 40 plus. You know, getting back into circulation can be challenging. But you know, the other thing is it's also a health issue because for many individuals, particularly women who are older, the they suffer from feeling isolated and Alone, And then that has attendant emotional issues. The same thing for men. But what it also is, is that, you know, human beings are social creatures and we're meant to be around one another, you know? So whether you're single by choice or by event, here are some of the tried and true tips for getting back into the dating world, getting back into the saddle, doing whatever it may be. Like, in it, here's the big thing. If you are single and you're looking to create, you know, new relationships, start looking in new places, you know, don't keep going back to people who you knew from before. And by the way, the four attorneys who handle divorces, uh, marriage family uh, attorneys, they are one of the number one things that is now being named as. You know, uh, a body of evidence being brought forward are postings by one of the partners on social media. And so, you know, many times people will go, Oh, I want to go back to that person who I loved, you know, when I was in grade, whatever. And, you know, I I understand that, but people also have to realize that when you were in grade 11 or to, you know, sophomore year of college, chances are you did not have a mortgage. You did not have a job you had to go to. You did not have to worry about financing everything. You didn't have children that you had to help with their homework. You had a world that was so very different. And the reason that person could be such a focus for you is because that's all you need. That's all you had, and that's all you needed to focus on. And so when people say, oh, I want to have that feeling, I remember this one woman saying, I want to have the feeling that I did with my first boyfriend. And I said, well, how old were you at that time? And she said, I think I was about 17. I said, well, you're now 47. Why would you think you want to feel like you did when you were 17? And she said, because it felt so pure. And I said, yeah, of course it did. But here's the thing. You know, you now have a life of a 47-year-old, not the life of a 17-year-old who can focus, focus exclusively on that person. and." She literally had not even thought of it that way. I was like, well, that's what your world is now. Now, can you still find that person attractive? Of course. But here's the thing. You've all had a number of things you've gone through, and chances are you've all been a little bit, you know, bruised or had things happen, and that's okay. That's called being alive and being a human being. But... Here's the thing that I. Here's what I would tell people to do: if you want to start meeting people, meet a new group of people. You can go back into your same group, but you know it's kind of like, like it's like when you move back to a city that you have moved from. People are still doing exactly the same things with exactly the same people in exactly the same scenarios. Ten years. Fifteen years after you may you know you move back, but they do not see the fifteen years of change that are within you. so if you go back into a group of people who they don't know the ten years of change you had in your relationship, some may, but they still perceive you as exactly the same person that they knew, and that is something that you're just going to get the same reaction from people they're going to think you know you're you know uh Ashley and, and, you know, you're Carl and you're exactly the way you were, you know, 15 years ago, but you're not. So find new people. Scary, yes, but that is crucial to your mindset. And your current friends can be helpful, yet new is the energy to add to what has been and add to your new time, right? So you start doing something that you love whether it's walking, swimming, cooking classes, golfing, something where you can do it by yourself around a group of people. That's not so tough. And make a commitment to do it once a week. So when we come back, we're coming to the midpoint of the show. We, we're going to talk about more about uh, uh, dating reentry. Here come the tunes, and I will be back after these messages.
3: If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on toginet.com. For more information on The Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's The Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. central on Tokenet.com. Only
0: once every few years does a show come along that makes you think, makes you care, makes you believe the impossible. A show featuring only the best in writing, acting, and directing. Until that show comes along, we suggest Paranoria, Texas. Thrilled to the adventures of six super-powered nerds on a never-ending quest to take over the world. And to complete their collection of She-Hulk comics. Paranoria, Texas. Monday nights at 8 p.m. Central on AstronetRadio.com. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello,
1: everyone. Welcome back. Uh, just before the break, uh, we had been speaking about. The, it's, it's an article that I'm working on writing, but it was also it's also relating to um, the questions that many people have asked me. So they want to know what should I do if you know I'm all of a sudden I you know through divorce or death or ending of a long-term relationship. How do what are the best things you know if I'm not you know 15 years old getting back into the dating world? Well, first off, you also have to be really honest with yourself about where you are, okay? So you, I mean, the important thing is you have to be realistic about who you want and how you want to feel with other people or, you know, that person or other people. Now, I know one person who said, I want to feel adored. Another person who said, I want to feel unconditionally loved. Now, and many things which you never even knew were yours, to ask for are right here and you can do that you can put in you can have a mindset of i am loved i am loved unconditionally and when you put that into your brain when you put that into your conscious brain it goes into your subconscious and then i'm telling you it goes into your cells i'm not joking so that feeling of you know when let's say you love to do yoga One of the things that's great about yoga is that it allows people to decompress and to also just be with themselves. You know, it isn't the competition of something, but it's also a very good place to see how someone is about taking care of their body and taking care of their soul. So, again, as I said before, do find something you love. And if it means finding a new yoga class, Go and do that. I would not recommend the hot yoga. The Bikram yoga is in essence a joke because the whole idea of yoga is that you are warming up your core by virtue of the motions that you are doing. So what Bikram yoga does is it stresses your system by making you have to sweat in this superheated room so you're literally heating from the outside in you're not doing what yoga was designed to do, which is to warm the core and create energy coming out. And I can't say that I am surprised, but, you know, he's now going through a divorce and women are, you know, accusing him of sexually, you know, um, harassing them. and, and, And that was really part of his persona, unfortunately. So yoga, just regular yoga, Ashtanga yoga, but something where you can go into your moment. Now, when you are going into this world of new dating and if you're going to do things online, make sure that you consider this an adventure and keep a humor log so that you can maintain your sense of humor when things get wacky because they will. Another thing I make a recommendation to people is do not have sex right away, translation, the first or second date, unless sex is all you want because trust me, no one believes you when you say, I've never done this before, even if it's God's honest truth, they don't believe you. But the other thing that happens is that you end up looking at only relating on a sexual level. And if you are looking to create relationship, that's something that you need to keep a little more special. Sorry, but that's just how it is. Now, you are <laughs> listen, if you have been married or in long-term relationship, if you have children, I mean, you've got things that you deal with on a day-to-day basis, you know, emotional things. But let me tell you something. You are not allowed to bring steamer trunks into this steamer trunks full of emotional baggage. You only get two carry-on pieces, period. Banish the old trunks of stuff because the only thing of value from the past is typically artwork and bonds, you know, and carry those puppies with you, not the comments, Not the things, you know, that someone has said to you. People have said some, like one of the biggest endings for a new dating scenario is when the person starts talking about their ex. Look, you're there to pay attention to this new person. Do you think they want to hear about your ex? Uh, I don't think so. As a matter of fact, I know they don't. But a lot of people do that because it's kind of like, well, this is, at least I know I can talk about this. They don't want to know about that. They want you to pay attention to them and what's going on with them. Uh, You will know very quickly whether or not there's, you know, something that connects for you or not, and, you know, you can always say, hey, I, you know, you were very nice meeting you, um, but I did not feel the connection. That's all you have to say, nothing more. Another thing, get in shape and stand up straight and look people in the eye and the reason I say get in shape, I remember this one man saying, "Oh my God, I've got to get myself in shape." He said, "I'm going to be back out in the market and you know soon," and he said, "I look like bruised fruit." And I thought that was so hilarious. <laughs> I was like, that I mean, because it was true, because he had become complacent. He had, you know, it was kind of like that slippery slope of not really paying attention to himself, and he needed to because his wife had basically told him, "That's it, you're out of here." and he was then living at his mother's, he didn't have a home, his kids were living with his wife, and he needed to get himself in shape in a number of ways, work-wise, you know, pre- professionally and personally. Now, you need to freshen up all parts of you, whether it's hair, wardrobe, furniture, because if you think that something looks good on you that looked good on you, you know, 15 years ago, unless it's a classic from 15 years ago, uh, you're going to look like you are stuck in that time. And any time you want to be around, and that's why when I tell people when I'm coaching them on talking and speaking, I tell them specifically, you need to make sure that your clothes are as current in fashion as you possibly can afford to do so. Now, I'm not talking about... Having to dress the way you would if you were, you know, walking onto Jimmy Kimmel or you know, Jimmy Fallon. I mean, the celebrities are supposed to be wearing, you know, the coolest and the neatest clothes. You're supposed to wear something that looks like you are in tune with today, not 25 years ago. Excuse me. So, and if you're not sure what to do, have a friend who you can think is, you know, quite stylish, go with you. And get a couple of you know new items, maybe a navy blue blazer. Pair that with some jeans and a white shirt, white button down collar shirt. That is such a smart classic look. You cannot go wrong with that. So, anyways, now if you um, if you're doing online dating, use a sort of like a wing person to ask a friend who who knows about this. Who you know knows you is psychologically healthy to guide you in selecting possible online dates. There was a really funny one the other day where a man literally gave his Tinder account to his mother. <laughs> she was the one who was choosing, you know, who she you know who he would be going out with. It was a riot. So have someone who knows that you know. So whether you're straight or gay you know, that person can help you hone your picker because they may see things that you may not. And also, here's another thing that happens. The reason, that what happens for many people is they get presented with so many choices that they literally, it, they become paralyzed in choosing. They literally, uh, they can't make a choice. So too many choices, so they can't make a choice. So, check out sites that you think are going to be good for you, and remember, it only takes one person. Now, another thing that I thought would be of interest for people is, let's say, you know, you want to talk about changing something in a long-term relationship. And my comment is, you know, like the seasons and time, we change, and you know we aren't the same as we were five seconds ago. So at some point, we need to look at what will or can create changes in our future relationship. Because for many people, your relationship continues on in sort of like a, in a known pattern, but you may be looking to do something new. So whether you're partnered or not, this is for you. Because even if you don't have a partner, because your long-term relationship may solely may solely be with you so who what do you want to do about yourself your body you know whether it's masturbation whether it's finding partners for you know occasional sex there are part people that i know who they choose yeah, they may be around someone for a period of time but they really do not are not interested in being with a partner they are very singular in their focus They like things the way that they do. Now, for the majority of these people, admittedly, they are older, but they know that this is what, you know, they want to do. Have I asked them specifically, if you found the ideal person, would would you be interested? I don't know if they would even be able to answer that because this person has never been in a relationship, had a great relationship with his dogs, but, you know, your dogs typically love you even, you know, despite all the lacunae, that means holes in your personality. So if you, let's say, I, I use this as an example, you know, if you're changing something in a long-term relationship. What happens if, you know, self-care and willingness to shift are the big things for most people? But what happens if all of a sudden you realize that you're attracted to the same sex if you've been in a heterosexual relationship for an extended period of time. For many older women, this is a real, really blindsides them. And fear not, you are not alone. I mean, that's one of the things Helen Fisher talks about is the fluidity of female sexual attraction as women age. So it could be something that you act on or you become aware of, Or it may be something that you may even suggest to your partner, you'd like to open the relationship and do something, you know, with someone else. Now, again, the only way that opening a relationship works is if both people agree to it and it's negotiated and they know what their ground rules are. The minute you do something outside of that, because this is, I mean, there's jealousy that comes into play. Of course, there's insecurities, but the important thing is is that if you want to open a relationship, it has to be agreed upon by both. Here comes the tunes, and then we'll come back with changing things in a long-term relationship.
0: weird weekend
2: relaxing and reading through mental floss when i came across these rip-roaring r words i recognized a few of them such as the old 18th century scottish word ramfieselt which means fatigued or exhausted a couple more great r words are rucketly tucketly, meaning crumpled or gathered up and ruched Rouge is commonly used today to describe a flattering blouse or top. Rabbity is a 16th century word for an innocent fool. While raffle Coppin is a rash, impetuous person. Or maybe just somebody that gets carried away with our words. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words.
3: It's
4: the Fitness Minute with
3: fitness expert, Annette Hammond.
4: Some think that dessert is a naughty word, but it doesn't have to be. If you are a dessert lover, you will be happy to know that there are good choices that you can make so you can satisfy your sweet tooth and your after-dinner ritual of having dessert. Aim for low-calorie choices like low-fat Greek yogurt or 100-calorie popcorn. Both of these will fill you up and satisfy your yearning for dessert. There are also many good choices in the freezer section. Weight Watchers make several good dessert options. They're delicious and very satisfying. Placing fresh berries over low-calorie angel food cake is delicious and nutritious. Sorbet, frozen grapes, baked apples, and chocolate-covered strawberries are all delectable. Choose healthy, low-calorie desserts and indulge. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Like us on Facebook
0: at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back. So, we're talking today, um, I'm finishing the show up here, <clears throat> excuse me, with uh, an article I'm writing about, and it's called Time to Talk, also known as Changing Something in a Long Term Relationship. And because many times people think that, you know, things can, they just need to, you know, continue on the way that they are. But you know what? If you are finding that there's something that you're longing for, whether it's more touching or more something, this is, you know, you need to ask. It's a self-care world. You need to ask for what you want. So I talked about, just before the break, women or men realizing that all of a sudden they're attracted to the same sex. Well... That can be, you know, um, first off, it can be a, an interesting change and shift for people, but it also, for the partner who isn't experiencing this, it can be very threatening. But again, as long as both of you are talking about it, you're going to be fine, okay? So it may be that you just talk about it and say, this is how I'm feeling. It doesn't mean you have to necessarily act on it. Now, another thing, let's say that you're in a long-term relationship and something has happened and intercourse is just too painful, but you want to remain intimate. What can you do? Well, you know, there's there's touching, there's hugging, of course, there's all of the manual things, but for some couples, they feel that, you know, if it isn't intercourse, then they're not really let you in on a little secret here. When Dr. Um, Bernie Zilbergeld wrote his book, The New Male Sexuality, and it was freaking groundbreaking at the time, he also looked at couples who considered themselves to be great lovers. And actually, when I wrote my fourth book, The Great Lover Playbook, I, you know, used the the Bernie's thought and his <laughs> attitude of These great lovers like. And what a lot of them, many of them weren't able to have intercourse any longer, whether, you know, because of an injury or because of illness or because of something, but they still considered themselves to be very intimate and very sexual. Now, there are products and procedures that have been medically vetted that are known to work. Let's say a woman has. Um, vaginal um, atrophy as a result of going through perimenopause and menopause. Well, what happens with the vaginal tissue is that it shrinks, so it becomes much thinner because there isn't the estrogen to keep it plumped up. That's the same reason that skin on women's faces gets thinner, because there isn't the estrogen, and estrogen affects every part of a woman's body. But what happens is that mucosal tissue of that the vaginal epithelium, thins. And then what happens is there's no cushion on during entry of intercourse between the um, vaginal wall and the nerves in the um, upper areas and lower areas of the vagina. And it feels like, for many women, like a knife and like it's tearing. And so what there is a technique entitled PRP, platelet-rich plasmapheresis, and, or there's also the doctor, you know, who claims that he created it. But other people have been doing PRP in dentistry and in um, orthopedic surgery for years because what it does is it gets the blood component to the area of the body. In dentistry, in those little tiny areas in the jawbone, and in orthopedics, you know, the areas inside of joints, it gets them right to where they need it, and those are tough areas to get circulation into, particularly something that's cartilaginous, like a tendon area. Anyways, PRP, which again stands for platelet-rich plasmapheresis, what happens is you are you use your own body's stem cells and growth factors to stimulate regrowth of your tissue naturally in the vaginal vault. And how it's done is you have blood drawn, your own blood is drawn, and then it is spun down in a centrifuge. So platelet phoresis, meaning it's like coming out of, you, you're sorting out the little platelets out from other the other blood components. Then what is going to be reinjected back in is mixed with I want to say calcium gluconate, but I, do not hold me to that because that may not be the right compound. But there's a compound mixed with it. And as the woman who introduced me to it said, it is like, bam, you are just like getting those little, you're getting all those little growth factors in the gear. I was like, really? And it really does cause the tissue in that area to regenerate. Now, if you've heard of the vampire facelift, it's exactly the same thing. So it's injected into different areas of your face. But what happens is instead of it looking like a little bump that just stays there, it spreads very quickly and has growth of, you know, tissue within the face to fill in hollows, to fill in areas where, you know, things may have shrunk as a result of time. But this is what PRP does in the vagina is it creates and en- enhances the thickness of the tissue. What it also does is it strengthens the PC muscle, the pubococcygeus muscle. Now, that's the muscle that goes to the front to the back of the pelvic girdle in both women and men. And it's the muscle that when it contracts, it controls urine flow and is also the muscle that you feel at orgasm that contracts at, you know, 0.8 per second. It is the muscle. And the more toned that muscle is, we, I mean, there's numerous studies that show that the more toned that muscle is, the greater the orgasmic sensation. So that's why we now have, you know, the referral to people having a core because of all of the core work that people are doing, whether it's with Pilates or yoga, whatever. But they are stimulating the entire core, and that core is creating blood into the pelvis. Which is then and what what has you know the what powers an orgasm, blood and oxygen. So when they were doing a study of this in the um, at, where's the Kinsey Institute, Indiana University, I think it's Indiana University. I know it's Indiana, and that they were looking at what were the things that happened to people when they did have a core orgasm, and often it was that the women were doing very hard and intense aerobic workout before they started doing crunches because then they've got a lot of blood. There's blood has pooled in the pelvis. And these women were doing, you know, crunches and things like that. They were not expecting to have, you know, an orgasm while they're doing this. And I remember reading of one woman who was in the army and she said, like, the last thing I want to do is be having an orgasm while I'm in the middle of, you know, being you know, training as, you know, her doing her military training. It was like, uh, no, I don't think so. But So that's the thing that PRP can get the strength of the muscle back, get a muscle strength, which also leads to much better bladder control. And for some women, after they've delivered vaginally, that PC muscle, particularly if it's been a long, hard labor, is it you know parts of it may not be have the same uh, strength and flexibility that it did before. So that is one thing. Another product that I am aware of that can be used is a product from a woman by the name of Olga Cohen and the the product is called um, intimate let me just grab a little box here. There we go. It's called Vaginal Renewal complex. And it is doctor-tested, doctor-developed, doctor-recommended. It's hormone-free. It's estrogen-free. It contains all natural ingredients and no parabens. And how it is used is what happened is Olga Cohen was slammed into early menopause. And she had just remarried. And she was like, oh, no, this is not happening. And she said, I wanted to have something because I wanted to be able to enjoy my, you know, sex with my new husband. So she had a background, very strong background in the area of uh, consumer products. Her brother is a physician. And between the two of them, they looked at combining the, you know, plant-based extracts and things so that, it, I mean, it's GLA, gamma gamma linoleic acid and non saponified fatty acids vitamin E vitamin C and D now what it the GLA it's a true moisturizer and it fights the dryness but it is used you would um, take it they're in tiny little syringes obviously not with a needle on the end but you know like a little syringe that you know how sometimes if you have to feed like a little puppy you would use a little tiny syringe to just put a little milk into the side of their mouth. Similar thing. You put that in vaginally um, and and just, you know, the plunger the same way you would put a tampon in. And it literally regenerates the tissue. And she had gone to her OBGYN, her uh, obstetrician, and her OBG said, what in heaven's name have you been doing? And she said, well, I've just been using this product. So they put together a study and looked at how this can help women who are concerned about using hormones, but they want to maintain vaginal health. This is a great product, and you can order it from uh, uh, Groen uh, Technologies, or you can go on www.olgassecret.com. So when you're looking at change in a long-time relationship, you can introduce, you know, a new sexual idea after years and you know sometimes it's easiest just say you want to do it with them. And also you may need to do a subconscious clearing uh physical modality, best mortar psyche, and you can get that psychological pattern out of there that you may not even know has been there and has been, you know, uh, you know, you know, short-circuiting what you want to do with your body. So you can get rid of it and, you know, like minutes versus months on a couch and paying an annuity to a therapist we're coming to the end of the show thank you for being with me i will be interested to hear what you're choosing to wear for halloween and i trust that some of these the points that i've made in these two new articles have been helpful for you lou at if you have any questions
0: for being a part of Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet with host Lou Paget. Every week this will be your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Join Lou Paget